0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year.
1: This is a year that I pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Hey, welcome to all those that are tuning in online. We just welcome you to be a part of our church service. Uh, Again, we've just been starting a brand new series. In fact, we started a couple weeks ago. Uh, Help me out. What's it called? Family Family Values. Values. That is the series that we're in right now. And we began that series week number one simply talking about that family values rather than it being something uh, uh, that steers our goals, our motivation, or whatever it might be in terms of our value system. Week number one, we said, what do we hold value or as valuable? Or in other words, what meets your deepest needs? And we said that as Christians, we instinctively know that the answer should be God. It should be God that we're looking to to meet our deepest needs. But just as Christians with life being busy, too often times God is not who we ultimately turn to. And so what do we end up doing? We tend to look to people and things to give us our satisfaction or meet our needs. But how many of you know people and things are not predictable and so therefore we'll always find ourselves being disappointed, right? Right? And so, today, we're going to continue looking at this uh, idea of family values. But today, we're going to look at it from the standpoint of a law we could call the law of pursuit. Now, we're still talking about marriage today, or in the context of marriage. But let this also minister to you from the standpoint of your relationship with God. You might be here saying, I'm single. You might say, I have no desire to be married again. You might say, you know, I'm in the process of dating or whatever the case might be. The fact of the matter is, is that God says our relationship with him is as a marriage. And so this ought to be able to help us in our walk with the Lord as well. And so we're going to address the law or the biblical principle of pursuit. Now, let me ask you if you remember those early days. Now, I'm looking at some of you. Those early days of pursuit might have been a lot longer than some of the rest of it. Am I looking at you? I'm sorry, I just happened to glance that way. That's all it was. <laughs> but you, you know, you remember those days when, when you were pursuing him or her, right? Uh, uh, when the hunt was on and you had him or her in your sights. And just the effort that you made to pursue that other individual. Come on, do you remember those days? You didn't do it haphazardly, did you? No, you did it with intentionality. In fact, I remember when uh, my wife and I first started dating, we dated while we were in Bible college. And we actually met this time of year during Winter Bible Seminar, that which we had last week. But prior to the, the week of Winter Bible, the church and the school are praying for the meetings because we just want God to show up. And that's when I met her. And so the week prior, man, I'm going to school I've got my obligations there at the ministry. Plus, I'm dating her. Plus, we have uh, midweek prayer every every day, praying for the meeting. And so, when you're doing all these things, yet you're trying to have time with the girl, you know, you're running thin on time. And then you got to be back to school 7.30 the next morning. And then you do that all week long. And then Winter Bible came up, uh, and, and then you're going to the meetings and doing all the same things. I mean, I... Spent so much time with her in those two weeks, lost so much sleep that the next week after Winter Bible, which would be this upcoming week, I got so sick. I mean, I missed a week and a half of school because I ran myself so ragged because I just wanted to spend time with her. Who needs sleep? girl right she likes me and so you just prioritized your time revolving around that person so does anybody remember those days well let me ask you this when you think back to those days was the pursuit worth it sure it was it was worth it and you might have lost sight of what it was worth but if you're still with that person today, it is still worth the pursuit. He or she is still worth it. If it was worth it back then, it's still worth it today. But we just got to get some things prioritized. Amen. And begin to learn how to pursue one another again. Now, once again, if you've lived life any length of time, if, if you've been married for any length of time, how many of you know that we said that marriage takes work, right? Right? And I know there's times where people say, you know, well, it's been 35 years. What's the use in starting over? <laughs> Just tough it out until Jesus comes, right? Or maybe, you know, you think, dear God, I made a mistake. And... But listen, however you might have felt or feel now, there is still the opportunity for you to begin a passionate desire of pursuing that person again. How many of you know that you can have a desire to passionately pursue God? It's not just a religious thing. You can have a passion to know and fellowship with Him. And so, to share the principle of pursuit, I want to go back to what we talked about last week, and it's found here in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 24 and verse 25, and it's interesting because you, you realize that God don't have to say a whole lot or make it complicated. He, he, really, His principles are simple. Now, simple doesn't always mean easy. You understand the difference, right? How many of you know faith is simple? But it's not always easy. Why? Because we got this natural man that we have to contend with. But here's what he says in Genesis chapter 2. He says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked in the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So notice what it says here. It says that, The husband and wife left mom and dad. Mom and dad used to be the most prioritized natural relationship. But now, this husband or wife has now become my priority. But the word, in fact, I think it's the King James that says, leave and cleave to your spouse. Now, I don't know if you think of the word cleaver when you think of cleave. You know, cut something. Well, it does not mean to cut or to separate a relationship from mom and dad. No, the Bible says to honor them. So you maintain a relationship with with mom and dad. But here's what the word cleave means. It means to pursue with passion. To hold on to zealously. To cleave to your husband or wife means to pursue passionately And hold on to zealously. So if you're going to pursue somebody. Those early days. Again just let your mind drift back there. Those early days when you pursued them passionately. Or held on to them zealously. Even though it might have been a little bit easier. Because there was the emotions involved. You do understand that it still took work. To pursue that person passionately, it's going to take work. To hold on to them, it's going to take work. And once again, this is where it bursts the bubble of so many people because again, they think, well, dear God, if it's love, it shouldn't have to be this much work. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If it's going to be love and if it's going to be true love and a marriage worth holding on to, it's going to take work. And it's going to take a lot of work. And it's going to take work again. And then next week and next month and next year, it's going to take work. But obviously, the more intentional that we are in working, we get into a habit and a discipline of this becomes normal. We're just going to work at this marriage and this relationship. Amen? Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed that it's easy to take that, that person or Again, we said concerning God, our relationship with Him. Have you ever noticed that it's easy to take that other person or God for granted? It is. They've been around. They've put up with my stuff. You know, I treated them bad, talked bad. They still came back around, you know. So it's easy to take take them for granted. And to take that person or God, for that matter, for granted, it doesn't take any work at all. It is just part of our human nature. So in other words, once again, it's going to require work. We must work at our relationships. So, I want you just to answer this question. You don't have to answer it out loud. I said that again. It breaks the the misconception that marriage and relationships aren't going to take any effort. Answer this question. Do you resent having to work at your marriage have you gone to the place where you just resent having to work Doggone it and I don't say that to bring any kind of condemnation because we can just kind of get into that mode of like I'm just tired of working why do I have to work I don't want to work at this anymore but if we get to that place where we found that we resent having to work at our marriages our relationships then we violated that law of pursuit. Because God says to pursue passionately, to hold on to zealously. Amen? We think, well, if it's, if it's a good marriage, it will just work. But how many of you, you understand that you, if you've got a marriage that's just kind of mediocre, you don't have to settle with that? Mediocre can be good, just takes a little more work. And you might say your marriage is good. But it don't have to just stop with good. It can be great. Amen. I said your, your marriages, your relationships can be great. Now, if you recall back when you were dating, how much time did you spend planning to be with that individual? As I said, I just, uh, when I met my wife, man, I, I, I prioritized her so much so that I got sick. She didn't make me sick. I didn't didn't say that. I heard you think of that. (laughs) No. You prioritize time. How much effort did you exert to make that person feel special? How guarded were you with your words that you didn't offend or hurt that person? Right? You worked at it because you cared about that person. But we get into a place of, well when it comes to my relationship my work stops when the relationship became secured as long as i've got you what's the point of working and then we start saying well like it or lump it this is who i am you knew who i was when we got married well whoever said we got to settle with who you were when we first met you you can get better we can get better we can improve I mean, I've been improving for the last few years, praise the Lord. <laughs> I think that's a different kind of improvement. <laughs> we work until we find that the relationship is secure. But once again, any marriage can be turned around if we'll purpose to do it God's way. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. So, in regards to marriages, the question is, once again, is it worth it? Is it worth it to put the work in? And oftentimes, now again, I realize that we live in a culture where divorce is 52%. People get remarried, and that's a fact of life. But the statistics show that remarrying does not solve the problem. There are second, third marriages that actually work, and we understand that. But statistically, marriage number two has less of a likelihood to succeed than the first one. And number three, has almost an impossible chance of succeeding statistically. And number four, just sign on the dotted line when you get married. I'm divorcing. (laughs) I had had a woman call me. uh, It was the beginning of last year. She said, hey, uh, so-and-so knows you. You you went to school with his son, and she said uh, he wanted to... He wanted to see if you would marry us. I said, sure, it'd be an honor to marry you. I said, but one thing I do, as I said, I always do marriage counseling. And because once again, if I'm going to marry you, then I want to know at least I told you what God's outline looks like. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're just somebody that wants to get married in the church, then at least I want to give you the opportunity to meet Jesus in in that counseling session because, again, your success of marriage is dependent upon it. But nevertheless, I said, yeah, I'll do. I said, but we do marriage counseling. And she says, great. She says, because that's what he was wanting. He said, because I think this marriage would have been number five for both of them. And so she says, he wants to know in meeting with us, if you think that our marriage that our marriage will work this time, because he don't want to go through another marriage again and it not work. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a common denominator in y'all your marriages that you've lost, and that denominator is you. <laughs> and so you both are getting in the marriage together, and has not been successful. So again, statistically speaking, <laughs> you. You ain't gonna work, you know what I mean? I didn't say that, but I'm thinking it. And so the, one thing led to another, and then I just never heard from them again. And I'm like, well, okay. So I don't know whether they got married. I don't know whether they separated. I don't. I don't know. But do you realize just marrying somebody new don't solve the problem? Because the effort and the work that you put in in the first place is the work that you got to carry out through your whole marriage. Are we going to pursue them with passion? Are we going to hold on to them zealously to say, I desire you, I want you. Amen. It takes work. Somebody say it with me. It takes work. Have you noticed that your relationship with God is just so easy? Oh man, I tell you what, we're just on fire for Jesus, aren't we? Oh, we're just so passionate about our relationship with God. Every time the church doors are open, we're there. Oh, we love reading our Bibles. We love praying. Oh, we love fellowshipping with people. We love leading people to Jesus. Oh, we're just so excited about Jesus. Have you found that to be true? Have you found that your relationship with God is not what it once was? Have you ever noticed that you kind of lost that loving feeling over time? It's not, not as fresh and exciting as it was maybe when you first received Christ into your life. Why is that? I mean, God on the other end of the relationship is perfect. So why is it so difficult when it comes to our relationship with God? Because we are the common denominator. And it takes work. If you want a relationship with God that is just so ablaze and on fire for Jesus, you've got to cultivate that relationship. Again, part of that process, he says, church helps in that. Well, again, we find that that's just part of it. It takes work. Come on, say it with me again. It takes work. work. Amen. Am I depressing you or am I encouraging you? (laughs) But it's worth it. We're talking about the law of pursuit. He or she is worth it. So, when it comes to our relationship with people... When it comes to our relationship with God, if you found that, man, I've lost that love and feeling, I've, I feel like I'm resenting having to work for it, or it just shouldn't be this hard. Listen, you can renew your relationship with one another. You can renew your relationship with God. It, there's just some steps that we need to take. So I'm going to give you three steps of renewing your relationship with God. Renewing your relationship with one another in your marriages. And for that matter, this is applicable to every relationship. Children. Family, friends. I want to bring your attention to Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 5. It says this. It says in verse 5, it says, Remember, therefore, from, when you were, uh, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Remember where you have fallen. Notice what Jesus says in this scripture. There's three things that we see here in the scripture. But first of all, notice what he says. He says, remember where you have fallen. He says, remember where you stopped working the relationship and broke the law of priority. And if you'll also notice, notice Jesus did not say, work up Emotions. Stir up the good feelings in the the scenario of your relationship. He says, remember where where you have fallen and stir up the first works. So what is he saying? He says, remember that you've stopped working what you once worked. Once again, did your marriage relationship take work when you first got together? When you were dating, but you didn't mind it. He says, remember that. Alright, so in regards to that, he says, know that it's not a matter of stirring up emotions. He says, in regards to remembering the work that you once put into it, he said, it is a matter of your will. In other words, you have to choose to do it. Oh, but isn't it a whole lot easier if if we feel like it? Oh, sure. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So he says this, he says, first of all, number one, remember. Remember, he says, don't remember how it felt. Don't remember the emotions that you experienced. He said, remember your actions. Number two, he says this, repent. He says, repent. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn around and go the opposite direction. Or stop doing what you're doing and do something different. So in order to repent, once again, I've got to understand that there's some things that I've not been doing right, and therefore there's some things that I've not been acting right in, and if I'll do so, then once again, I'll purpose to do what I once did when I first fell in love. I'm going to act that way. So when it comes to repentance, he says that you're going to have to turn around, but there's three things when it comes to repentance. Number one, there's the acknowledgement. The acknowledgement of the truth. And so, it's so easy to look at the other person if you would only do, if you would only stop, if you would only act, if you would only change. How many of you have ever discovered this, that whenever you talk to God about somebody else, God starts talking to you about you? I don't know why He does that, but He just does that. And I don't like it. God... You know, and he's like, well, yeah, but let's talk about you. I don't want to talk about me right now. I want to talk about that. No, let's talk about you. So when it comes to repenting, I have to acknowledge the truth. Or in other words, revelation has to come about me. And so if you want some changes in your relationship, say, God, help me understand and see the truth. Help me see me. You've got to be willing to ask those questions. God, help me become the better person. Or a a better person. Number two, when it comes to repentance, once I have seen the truth, I have to admit where I was wrong. I have to admit where I was wrong. What does that mean? Well, if you recall over in 1 John, the Bible says that when it comes to repentance, there's a confession that comes. So what does that mean? There's times that you just might have to admit or say to somebody, I'm sorry. I didn't act right. You know, uh, we were with our in-laws this is past week uh, when we were in Oklahoma. Thankfully, we got somebody to stay with when we're there. And I made a statement, and I just didn't think anything of it when I made the statement. But then afterwards, the statement just gnawed on me. This is something I didn't need to say, kind of like a gossipy thing. And it just gnawed on me all night long. And I woke up this morning, and it was gnawing on me. I'm <laughs> like, okay, God. I gotta go preach. So I sent my relatives a a, a little text message and said, hey, just wanted to say I'm sorry, I said something yesterday and I shouldn't have said it. I was wrong, please forgive me. And they said, "Ah, all's forgiven, no worries. Well why, because I had to get that right. God was working on my heart, right? And so when we're saying, okay God, You've revealed some things in my life. I've got to be willing to say I'm sorry or say that I was wrong. Number three, in regards to repentance, again, I've got to be willing to adjust the direction. What did we say when it comes to repentance? I've got to change my actions. So therefore, if I'm repenting or I'm sorrowful, that means that what I've been currently doing isn't working, and therefore, I've got to acknowledge the error in my ways and choose to be different, act different, talk different, And sometimes it takes work. Amen. All right. So we said there's three things to renewing our relationships. Number one, remember. Number two, repent. And number three, he said, do the works or the deeds that you did at first. And once again, I want to emphasize this, that Jesus did not require emotions in this activity. Because we could say, I don't feel like it. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to be cuddly I don't want to be touchy-feely I don't want to do that but if I'm going to act in love I'm talking about the actions amen act the way that I did at first you know I don't know if you're like I am but there's a lot of talk and chatter that goes on in your head sometimes And so when you're purposing to act right and do right, we have to stop listening to the unhealthy emotions that have been driven or been driving and getting into the place of unhealth. Amen? Because the devil will accommodate you with all the criticism and negativity about your spouse, about your children, about your family, about your church. So what about the people that don't know Jesus? He's already got them. He don't care about them. But he cares about your marriage. When I say cares about it, I mean he's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Because you're an example. And so why do you think you struggle more than most at times? Because the devil's trying to destroy your marriage. You're the example to your children. So he wants to destroy the example. Right? It takes work. As I said, it doesn't... Jesus didn't say, stir up the emotions. He says, stir up the acts. And I'm just going to be transparent. And I, I, my wife's not here, so it's a little easier for me to say this. I'm going to talk about her. No, I'm not going to talk about her. I'm going, to talk about, I'm going to talk about me. But I've noticed, just in these last few months, you know, you have kids, and you know, you get busy with the kids, and then you're coming, and you're going, and you're saying hi, passing in the wind, and all that kind of thing, and And then just, just, it seems like in the last few months, you know, my wife and I, you know, we've not intentionally said this to one another, but, you know, she's come around and been more huggy, you know, just, you know, giving me a hug or just, you know, me to her. And you're doing it in front of the kids. But, you know, when you get busy with life and with kids and are passing in the, the, the directions of life and you stop doing the things that you once did... When you start doing them again, it feels weird. I'm just being honest. You know, before you know, you just hug on each other, love on each other, kiss on each other, and now it's just like <laughs> it's just weird. Well, why? Because you got out of the habit of it. Not that you don't enjoy it. Not that you don't want to. You just stopped doing the work. Is it okay if I talk about me? I'll leave you all alone. It takes work. Somebody say it takes work. it takes work. All right, so once again, if we stop acting, we'll find that the feelings will disappear. But if you'll purpose to act, the feelings will come back. If you'll begin to assign a value and a worth, that what once you pursued was worth it, it's worth pursuing again. Amen. Let me just share this scripture with you over in First Corinthians chapter two, verse five. How many of you know that when it comes to your relationships, you need to exercise faith? I said it takes faith. It takes faith to do it God's way when you want to do it in the flesh. It takes faith to shut your mouth when you want to let him have it. It takes faith when you want to throw a tantrum and you just got to go to the other room. Right? Notice what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. Let's stop there for a moment. Did you ever realize that when you're in the, 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 the battle of discontentment, you can find some friends that will lead you in the wrong direction, speak into your life and say, well, you ought not take that. Well, I'll tell you what you should do. Well, I'll tell you what, you ought to make them jealous. So Do this and do that and give you bad advice. And it seems like sound wisdom because of the emotion of the moment. But it says this. It says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. What power of God is he talking about? He's talking about the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. How many of you know if it can raise Jesus from the dead? It can resurrect relationships that have been estranged. Whether it's family, friends, a marriage. The power of God can, can work in your life. Amen. So does that mean everything's going to be all fun and hunky-dory and no, you're going to fight. You're going to have some times where you're fight. There's going to be times that you're going to be emotionally vulnerable again. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? Just put my feelings out on there for you to stomp on them again. Yeah. No, you're going to have to be emotionally vulnerable again. You're going to have to obey the Word of God and do it God's way. And once you do that, you're going to begin to lay the foundation once again. Amen? And let me close with this verse. Why don't we all stand? as we close our marriages can become stronger than they ever were before proverbs chapter 14 verse 23 says in all labor there is profit but idle chatter leads only to poverty that first line says labor our work leads to profit so what's god saying If you put the work in, you can have the marriage you want. Amen? God's turning some things. Again, this is a new day. Whatever choice you're making, whatever lies ahead of you, how many of you know that you can have a marriage designed by heaven? Amen? Praise the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray over our marriages here in just a moment. But remember I said this, that when it comes to a relationship with God, we can take it for granted. When it comes to a relationship with God, we can think, well, just because I go to church, it must mean that I'm a Christian or I'm okay with God. How many of you know that if you sit in the middle of your garage, it doesn't make you a car? Just coming to church don't make you a Christian. And so maybe you're here this morning... And you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've come to church. You've taken the step. But maybe there's been something that's just kind of held you back. Maybe you thought, well, this is too much work to be one of those Christians. When I talk about work, it's good work. It's worth the work. It's worth the pursuit. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've just lost my priority. I've lost my joy. And I so desire to have the joy of walking with Jesus once again. I want to repent. I want to just make that turn and come back to stirring up my relationship with Him. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus and would like to, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're here today once again and you say, that's me, I want to just renew my commitment to Jesus. Nobody's going to look around. Nobody's judging you. This is just between me and you and God. When I count to three, raise your hand. I just want to acknowledge you and you can put your hand back down. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. That's you, raise your hand. I see those hands. One, two, three. You can put them back down. Four, five. Thank you. Amen. Six. I see that other hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, we're talking about marriage today. And six people say, I want to have a relationship with God like I've never known it to be. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. If you're watching online and you're saying, hey, that's me. Don't forget about me. I want you to pray this prayer with us. And then contact us on the ministry and we'll send you some information in your walk with God. Amen. Let's pray this together, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, thank thank you for sending Jesus. I receive the forgiveness of heaven. That only comes through him I not only believe in Jesus but I ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior from this day forward help me have the relationship with you that you desire to have with me in Jesus name amen amen how simple is that in fact all of you are able to pray that and you didn't even raise your hand some of you Amen, isn't that cool? Hey, listen, if you've received Christ today, if you've received Christ and you're online and you would like some information just to help you in your walk with God, we have a I Believe Pack down at the Connect Spot. That's just to help you in this journey. Listen, we're here for you. We love you. We want to grow with you and put the work in together with you. Amen? Let's have a relationship with God and with each other and our spouses like we've always wanted to have. Amen? Amen.
0: it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.